You know, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than anything else. But it's really one of the hardest things for us to wrap our minds around, or yet, or better yet, wrap our lives around. You see, Jesus' teachings, his parables, his life itself, they were all about the kingdom of God. And yet, if we're really honest with ourselves, most of us don't really know how to explain what it is or where it is or when it is. If you listen really closely to Jesus' parables, it's pretty easy to get confused when you start to put them all together. Because you know, in one story, it sounds as if the kingdom of God is right now. And in the next story, it sounds like it's in the future. It's at hand, Jesus says. It's within you, Jesus says. Oh, you are not quite in it, Jesus says. It's like a farmer who had to, who scattered seeds. It's like a father who had two sons, like a woman who, who lost a coin, like this king who went on a banquet or who had a banquet. And another story, it's like a master who, who went on a journey or it was like these 10 bridesmaids who were waiting around for the bridegroom. Confused yet? <laughs> and then in the gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciples that he's going away and he's going to prepare a place for them. But don't worry, Jesus says, because you know the way to the place. And then I love this. Thomas pipes in and says, um, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to know how to get there? You know that feeling, right? As confusing as it is, how in the world are we supposed to find our way to this kingdom of God that Jesus was always talking about? How do we know the way? Well, I don't know about you, but when I'm lost and I don't know which way to turn or how to get home, there's one friend I can always turn to, Siri. After all, Siri is with me wherever I go. He's clearly a gift from God, and I do say he because my Siri has a British male voice. I don't know about yours. And I say he's a gift from God because, you know, Jesus did say he would send the comforter and a guide to us, right? And Siri can certainly be both of those things. So this week, I actually pulled out my iPhone, and I asked Siri for directions to the kingdom of God. I really did this. One moment, he said... And after a moment's pause, one option I see is Kingdom Hall of Jehovah Witnesses on Fenton View Drive in Fenton. Does that one sound good? Um, no, that's not what I was going for. But you know, I got to thinking that if the Apostle Paul was writing his letter to the Romans in this digital age we now live in, he probably would have been blogging it instead of writing it on parchment paper. And if that were the case, then I could kind of imagine Siri finding that blog and channeling a bit of Paul in order to give us the directions we need. And imagine just how helpful that would be. Um, Siri, give me directions to the kingdom of God. One moment. One option I found is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. Does that one sound good? Sure, why not? And then he'd start. Starting root to kingdom of God. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. It's the first direction we're given today. And it's a pretty good place to start wherever you are. We might think of it as the beginning point of any route that will take us to the kingdom of God. Love 
in a genuine way, not in a convenient way or in a self-serving way or a superficial way. Let your love be genuine. That's where we have to start. And of course, in order to know whether our love is genuine or not, we're going to have to sort of look around and realize which direction we are pointed to in our life, aren't we? You know how it is when you first get directions on your phone before you actually know whether to start off going the way you're pointed or to turn around. You you have to get yourself oriented to the map. You've got to pay attention to which way you're already facing. And, And sometimes that's easy to figure out, but sometimes it's not at all for me. And so it can take just a bit of deeper paying attention For us, we have to pay attention not just to our actions, but to our motivations. Where are they coming from? After all, what does genuine love look like anyway? It's got to be more than just our fleeting emotions, and certainly it's more than attraction. It's probably something a little closer to commitment to someone for their sake as much as your own. But you know, even commitment by itself, I don't think, sums it up. In another blog post somewhere, we imagine, Paul actually said, love is patient and kind. It is not envious or boastful. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful, but it bears all things and believes things and it hopes things and it endures these things because love never fails, Paul says. Well, in today's post, he says that genuine love is the key which looks like mutual affection. There's a delighting in one another and outdoing one another and honoring the other. So if you were to ask Siri on how to get started with genuine love, he might have all those things in mind and say those things and and then just say, proceed to the root. In other words, just get on with it, proceed to the root. You know, it kind of drives me crazy, actually, when he starts repeating that over and over again, because I'm always trying to proceed to the root, right? I'm just not always sure how. Even after I've looked around and I've tried to figure out which way I'm supposed to be going, sometimes I'm still not quite sure if I'm faced the right way. And and the only way for me to actually figure that out is to just start driving and see what happens on the map. And and pretty soon, I'll know if I'm headed in the right direction or not. Proceed to the root. You you just have to start loving as best as you can, as fully as you can, as genuinely as you can, and just practicing it every chance you get. Just start driving. And pretty soon, you'll figure out if you need to turn or pivot. But before you know it, you will be on your way. And after a while, you'll start cruising down the highway and you'll be feeling like maybe, just maybe you've started to get this love thing figured out, this road to the kingdom. But you know, there is always bound to be something unexpected, isn't there? Traffic or construction or a bridge washed out, who knows? Something will come up and you may even wish that you weren't actually still on this road. You see, the more you love, the more vulnerable you become. And there might be a time when you're going to want to give up on it or go back down the way you came from, go back to where you used to be. It always happens, you know. But about that time, Siri will pipe in again. In five miles, rejoice in hope. 
and a few minutes later, in one mile, be patient in suffering. In 500 feet, persevere in prayer. Persevere in prayer, take the exit. You know, he'll kind of repeat that again and again until you do it. He's sort of stubborn that way. And I have to admit that sometimes I actually start talking back to him. I heard you the first time, Siri, but he repeats himself. Anyway, rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. The thing is, we actually do need to be reminded of that, don't we? Because hoping, it can be hard when there are roadblocks. And we're more likely to run from suffering than try to navigate our way through it. And prayer doesn't always seem that helpful, does it? But according to the directions, this is the way. This is how you get there. It is what is required of us. A few years ago, I had a friend of mine receive some really devastating news, and I found out about it third hand, and when I did, I was kind of shocked and angry and hurt on their behalf, and I was told to pray for our friend, and of course I said I would, but for a while, all I could do was walk around angry and upset on their behalf. And after about a half an hour of that, I decided, you know, I probably really should pray since I said I would, but I don't really want to. And let me just be vulnerable with you enough to say that for a moment, it just, it felt like this foolish notion. I mean, I couldn't imagine how prayer was going to change anything or do any good at all in the midst of that. But out of honor for my friend, I made myself ask Jessie if she would pray with me. And so we sat on our couch, hand in hand, in silence for a moment, and I, I didn't know what to say. I couldn't think of any words that would make any possible difference. And so finally, I just began to say the most honest thing I could. God, it is hard to imagine that our prayers right now could make any difference at all. And then more silence. But still, I am here asking that in some mysterious way, you would use our concern and our love for our friend in this moment. And more words began to come. And something started to happen to me through that prayer as it went on. I, I actually began to see what I needed to do. As I prayed, I realized that I needed to go and be with this friend right then and there in the middle of the night to sit with them and weep with them and listen to them. And you know what? I, I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't prayed. Later, they told me more than once that showing up at their doorstep that night made all the difference for them. It was, it was a kind of salvation they experienced. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. This is the kingdom way. It's part of the road that we have to travel. 
but there's actually more. So you're headed in the right direction now and you've endured some pretty tough detours. And just when you think maybe things are gonna be back to normal, you see someone up ahead, some hitchhiker with their thumb out, some traveler on the road between Jericho and Jerusalem who's been beaten up and left half dead, as Jesus tells a story. Some immigrant, perhaps, a long way from home, legal or illegal. Someone whose skin looks different than your own. What I do know is about that time, Siri will pipe up again. In 500 feet, extend hospitality to strangers, he says. Now the thing is, you're finally back on the main road, right? After all those other detours and helping a stranger, practicing hospitality, it's, it's actually gonna feel more like a detour than the main route. After all, it's pretty inconvenient and it's gonna cost you money and energy and time, but Siri won't actually let you pass them by. Extend hospitality to strangers. Take the exit, he repeats in his insistent, cheerful voice, just in case you tried to forget. Hospitality is part of the way there. And I won't linger on this too long except to say this. We need to be reminded. And we need to keep reminding one another that this is not optional. This is not a detour. It's actually part of the route to the kingdom of God. There is no way around it. It's woven actually in our scriptures from beginning to ending. It was clearly there in the heart and ministry and teachings of Jesus. And so it is summed up by this little part on the road. Extend hospitality to strangers. You've gotta take this road if you wanna get to the kingdom. And the next one, too, Siri pipes up again. Be humble, he says. It's one more turn in the road. And this one actually comes with a few extra reminders. You're no better than the next guy. Associate with people of lower status. Don't think you're wiser than you actually are. And then about this time, you actually want to hit the silence button because Siri's becoming a little too pushy, you might think. And, and let's be honest, that's sort of obvious, right? Yes, I should be humble. But highway hypnosis being what it is, it's easy for us to stop paying attention and to get caught up in just cruise control and realize we're sort of in the comparison game. We might be doing it. They're moving a little faster than me. They're moving a little too slow for me. I want to be behind them, but not behind them. They're in that group, which means fill in the blank with a judgment about them. Teenagers, you know this is especially true in your world. And here's the thing, adults still do it too. We do it all the time. We just downplay it a little bit. But for you, it is there in front of you, and it's hard. And the thing is that most of all of that, most of it's generally wrapped up in our own insecurities, our own need for esteem, our need to be liked, our confidence and our well-being. It has a way of getting so caught up and comparisons and what other people might think about us. But part of the kingdom way is learning to attach our identity to God and God alone. 
It's like that Taze song we'll sing from time to time. My soul is at rest in God alone. And if we can really begin to believe that and trust that, then the road in front of us starts to actually become a little more clear. We, we are attentive in a different way. And, and when that happens, we might just be ready for the hardest leg of the route. Siri channels Paul for one last set of directions on the journey. Do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Now this is really advanced Christianity because it's counter to every impulse we have as human beings, every impulse we have as a society. Never avenge yourself, Paul writes. And you kind of get the sense that this one was really hard for the church in Rome that he's writing to, just like it's really hard for the church in America, because Paul, with this one, actually backs it up with several references from the scriptures. Deuteronomy 32, 35, vengeance is mine. Remember, Paul reminds us, this is what the Lord said, which is to say, vengeance is not yours, no matter how much you think it's deserved or how much you think it is necessary. Vengeance is not yours to take. And then Paul reminds us of Proverbs 25, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If your enemy is thirsty, give them something to drink. This is what Christians do. This is how you get there. We don't ask questions. We just do it because this is the way to the kingdom of God. Do not be overcome with evil. Do not let evil overtake you, but instead overcome evil with good. It's a challenging road to travel. It's one that you might not really be ready for until you have been on the road practicing for a while and you have learned to let your soul rest in God alone. And until you've learned humility, until you've practiced hospitality to strangers and you've learned to persevere in prayer and to rejoice in hope, overcoming evil with good is really the pinnacle of genuine love, which is, of course, right where we started, where we began. Which is to say, then, that the way we began is also the key to where we will end up. All along the way, this has been the road of genuine love. It's where we start. It's how we travel. It's where we end. Because when it comes to the kingdom of God, how you get there is where you arrive. Remember, the kingdom of God, it's both now, even though it's not yet, it's here already, it's to come, because the means of getting there and the end of where you arrive are actually the same thing. They're one and the same. So listen carefully to these directions, and when you hear the counselor, the guide, whisper in your ear, proceed to the root. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just get on with it. <laughs> proceed to the root. 
Amen.